with the God Has This podcast, where we lean on God for understanding, direction, and encouragement. I was recently reading a book by Chip Dodd about our emotional needs. I found this teaching to be insightful, and I wanted to synchronize it with the emotional experiences revealed throughout the book of Psalms. One of our immediate emotional needs that he brings up is the need to matter. And I think Psalm 139 provides a great template for naming that need within us. Mattering is being cherished for what we bring through confession, not what product we make or give to other people. For emotional stability, we need to matter for who we are, not for what we do. But we don't often lead our conversations with this confession of our need to matter for who we are. We lead with our doings. We insist that we matter because of what we make or what we bring. Think about how introductions work. Where do you live? What do you do for a living? Do you have kids? All of these things are experiences outside of me where I live, where I work, even my role as a mother or wife, student or professional are extrinsic. That means if any one of these things cease to be true, God forbid, I would still be me. But this is our modern mess. Some of us don't know who we are outside of those things. Strip me of my job status, marital status, or socioeconomic status, and I may not know who I am. And because I think that these things define me, I try to protect them, control them, and don't even notice when they control me. But what if these were not the things that define me? Okay, so I was challenged several years ago to write an introduction of myself that could not include where I live, my occupation, my marital status, my role as a parent or caregiver, or even my age or gender. I had to introduce the core of me. Now, I'm going to get back to that introduction in a minute, and I want you to think about yours. And to help you think about it, we're going to walk through the psalm together. Psalm 139 begins with the confession. Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. The writer then tries to imagine places to hide from God, but concludes that God is always there. So it's been said that no matter where you go, there you are, right? Well, just as true, no matter where you go, there God is also. And that's not just talking about a physical location, although it is that. This is talking about a time location too. Sister, God was there when it all fell apart. And God was there when it all came together. God was in the brokenness and the mending. One translation renders this verse, the Lord knows us all too well. In other words, the Lord, because God has been present for every moment of our lives, knows everything about us, even the things we don't know about ourselves. For example, uh, how is that introduction coming? Have you figured out how to introduce yourself without your age, gender, occupation, or family to give you some orientation? How well do you know yourself? Maybe we should consult someone who knows us all too well. 
Well, in verse 13, the psalmist begins to confess who he really is according to the truth of God's revelation. Lean in and listen. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. So before I am someone's wife or someone's mother, before I am someone's employee or someone's partner, even before I am someone's child, I am God's. And I could stop right there because that alone gives me all the significance my life needs. Think about it. What does a prince or princess need to do to be deserving of the crown other than just be? But the psalmist goes on. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. (laughs) Does that make you think that this psalmist is conceited a little bit? So, I'm not going to name names in order to protect the guilty, but I have a pretty good relationship with a certain kiddo who regularly tells me how great he is. This kid likes what he sees in the mirror and likes what he produces in the world. He's pretty confident, and I'm glad. He's a great kid. And while humility is a beautiful virtue that will grow in him with time, he is a great example of someone who is confident about this verse because he is fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth of God's word about him. It's the truth of God's word about me too, even if I'm too mature to believe it. And it's the truth of God's word about the weak and the underling and the unnoticed. And it's the truth of God's word about our political enemies and the least liked member of our family. In other words, You cannot discount this truth about anyone, including yourself. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And why is this truth not conceded? Because, girl, you didn't make yourself. When we choose to believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, we are simply agreeing with the Creator that God makes good things. And God only makes good things. The psalmist says, your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. In other words, I believe at the core of me that the core of me is made beautiful by God. So, that introduction. What is something about the core of you that you think God did a pretty good job on? Something that, if you said it to be true, wouldn't be bragging on yourself, but would be boasting in the Lord. I might say something like, I am a creative person with a desire to lead people creatively through seasons of their lives. Are you there yet? If not, join me next week and we will look at the rest of the psalm together. Today's scripture references are found in the show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, please click the subscribe button and give us a rating. And remember, sharing this podcast is a great way to encourage a friend.